this podcast aims to help you break in and thrive in advertising. And we know it takes skill, passion, networking, a great portfolio, and luck to break into this industry. Andy Nairn wrote the book on luck and how brands can better their fortune regarding advertising. Andy also co-founded Lucky Generals in 2013. Lucky Generals is a creative company for people on a mission with offices in London and New York. They've been shortlisted for Campaigns Agency of the Year for five years in a row. But I'm sure you want to hear the work they've done. Their Super Bowl work contains a shirtless Michael B. Jordan for an iconic household brand. Andy and Lucky Generals have worked with Amazon for their Super Bowl commercials the past few years. But let's get to why this matters for you. We go over ways you can better your luck to break in and thrive in the advertising industry. From the guy that wrote the book called Go Luck Yourself, blessed us with a shirtless Michael B. Jordan and has helped brands for just about 30 years now, this is an episode you're going to want to listen to. And you can connect with Andy. You can learn more about his agency, Lucky Generals, too. We have his and all 100-plus guests' contact information and top-secret resources listed and waiting for you at our website, breaking-entering.com. New website, breaking-entering.com. But, of course, you have to go there to access all that for free. And before we begin, this episode is brought to you by Chicago Portfolio School. Chicago Portfolio School is a one-year portfolio school option of which 94% of graduates land jobs at excellent creative agencies. They've helped thousands of people just like you land jobs and can help you too. Please message, please message me on LinkedIn or visit them at chicagoportfolio.com to learn more. Now, on with the show. This is the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast, and as usual, I'm your accomplice, Gino Schellenberger. Kick it, Mikey. All right, Andy Nairn, welcome to the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. Thank you so, so much for coming on. This is going to be a fun episode. We're going to talk about you some Super Bowl commercials, your agency you founded, and the book you wrote. So it's going to be a fun one, a lot to unpack here. But Andy, thanks for coming on again. Yeah, I say your name correct? And where are you at? You said it brilliantly. You said it brilliantly. Thank you very much. It's it's a Scottish name. I'm from Scotland originally. So that's uh, kind of some people struggle with it, including my own kids even. So you, you did it brilliantly. And I'm down in um, just outside of London now. Nice. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in the middle of nowhere in in the sort of in rural Scotland. It's sort of uh, a very it's very far from anything to do with advertising. So it's it's a little place called the Borders. So it's just just where Scotland meets England, but on the Scottish side. And uh, yeah, but I've I've really always worked down in England, down in London for almost 30 years now which is terrifying is it true that london like founded strategic planning like that the concept and the 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 vertical of strategic planning and advertising yeah do you know i I guess it did in terms of the actual discipline but of Mm -hmm. course the real truth is that 
you know, great agencies all around the world have always had people who are brilliant at strategy. Maybe they weren't called mm -hmm. strategists. You know, every American agency through the you know the fifties, the sixties, the seventies, all the all those great agencies had people who were brilliant at coming up with strategic ideas. They maybe just mm -hmm. didn't have their job title. And that's I think that's quite a good a good reminder for all of us that you know that you don't necessarily need it in your job title to be good at that particular discipline. So uh, you've got to show that you are needed and necessary, you know, because lots of good agencies might be able to do without someone like you. So it keeps you on your toes. I like that. Speaking of job titles, you're the founding partner at Lucky General's agency. That's pretty impressive. What does that mean? Tell us what what you do there. Well, God, well, I suppose it just means I I was lucky enough to set it up in the first place and nothing much more than that really as, as i say my back my background is in strategy so the three mm -hmm. of us we set this agency up with two friends so two very very good proper lovely friends of mine who we'd worked together for a long time beforehand and then we figured out that we could probably do it ourselves and so it's the classic trio really where one of us is my friend helen is an amazing account person my friend danny is a brilliant creative and i do strategy so it's sort of it was a nice coming together of all three of us, really. Nice. And what were you what were you all doing before you started Lucky Generals in 2013? Well, we'd all worked in various places on both sides of the Atlantic and you know, various but you know, classic big agencies. And then and then Helen set up an agency which we were both at and eventually became her partners in. And then actually, funnily enough, we did it, we did a merger which seemed like a good idea at the time and was was not, let's say. We hated it. We sort of, I mean, for no sort of horrible reasons or anything like that, there's very nice people involved, but there was just a lack of clarity about what this merger was going to be like. We were we were doing very well as a creative agency called MCBD mm. at the time. And this did we merged with a digital agency who were the digital agency of the decade at the time in the UK. So on on paper it made a lot of sense to you know have a great creative agency and a great you know digital agency both together, and it just didn't work out. But you know again, that's one of these things that you'll find in your career where something that you really don't like can be quite a good spur to you know making you realize what you do want to do. And that's you know was very helpful actually that experience in when we set up Lucky Generals. So what did what did it make you realize that you wanted to do or what you needed to do? It made us realize that we wanted to we wanted to go small again and build something from scratch, you know, rather than merge two existing things together. And most of all, it made us realize that we wanted to have fun. You mm -hmm. know, we just I think life is too short to you know, be drudging away. And sometimes, you know, you do have to work hard for sure, but mm. you might as well have a bit of a laugh. So doing it with two friends was, was just like, has been the making of this agency. And we, we try and encourage everyone, you know, even over the last couple of years when it's obviously been tough for various reasons, we try and make sure that everyone's having a good time and laughing in our agency. Gotcha. So what's the mission? So we set ourselves up to be a creative company for people in a mission. So it's kind of a, it's pretty simple um, set of words, those, but a creative company, not just an ad agency. So a lot of our work has been in all sorts of, you know, unusual media or things that are hard to describe for people. Because I think we we forget that this business is about people. And a lot of um, startup agencies focus on focus on one sort of 
technology, you know, they'll say that we're an AR agency or a mm-hmm. you know, social media agency or a digital agency, and we're just about people. And you know, then we use technology to get to those people. And mm-hmm. then people in a mission was really the, the clincher. We like working with companies or people who, you know, want to put a little dent in the universe in some way. You know, we don't really get on well with people who just want to grow sales by two or three percent a year. That's interesting. You're strategic in who you work with because sure. there are some yeah. agencies that say yes to everybody. They service. They're a service agency. Nah. You know, if you want flyers, we'll make you flyers. We'll take the paycheck and we'll have a good day. No, but, we're, the, we're sort of the opposite of that. We always have been. We never wanted to be. Again, because we had that quite liberating experience, we got a glimpse of what we didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. And the, and then we kind of said, no, we're going to only work with people we like as well and that we can have good times with, that we believe in their And so we say no to far more pieces of business than we say yes to. Uh, and we don't have that many clients. We've you know maybe got less than a dozen clients. Mm-hmm. And that's fine by us. We'd rather sort of work with the same people for a long period of time and do more and more and more for them than keep on going after new pieces of business. I want to relate this back real quick because our audience here, is, they're, they're aspiring advertisers, whether they're in college or they're 35-year-old doctors that want to transfer into advertising, let's say. You kind of have to be this selective when you're searching for jobs. Let's say you work hard, you have a good portfolio, you know your brand, you know what you want to do in advertising. You have the knowledge and skill set and you're looking for your first job in advertising. You kind of have to be selective because a lot of people are like, well, take that first job and it can set you back some years if it is just a service agency. So I want that just reminded me real quick to interview when you're interviewing to interview the agency as well. Kind of like what you're doing with your clients. People forget that you're interviewing the agency absolutely a hundred percent and and this service point i really like this this point you make we we never see ourselves as a service agency i mean obviously we we have to you know we we operate with our clients and but we we never see ourselves as serving them or just taking orders and doing what they ask us we will challenge them and you know offer advice and consultancy and say tell them when they're doing something wrong or stupid right. or that's going to backfire on them because that's where we do our best work and we don't want to work with anyone who just thinks we're going to say yes to everything they suggest and and actually we see ourselves as manufacturers we should be and again because we you know without boring you all about the this historical element but it was, it was so instructive because we'd set this thing up that we didn't like then before we could set up the new thing we weren't allowed to work with each other because you get into lots of legal rules about, you know, you're not allowed to start up a new agency straight away. So it meant that we couldn't do any work together for about, you know, six months, nine months. But that meant that when we started, we were desperate. We were like a coiled up spring wanting to, you know, do work. And I think that's stuck with us ever since. We like making things, not just mm-hmm. talking about stuff, but making stuff and get it, getting it out into the outside world. And that's what mm-hmm. I'd encourage you to do if you're starting get get work out you know make stuff you know as soon as you possibly can and and then you, you have a real take for it yeah you have to and you guys have done pretty well you've been shortlisted for campaigns agency of the year for past couple of years five years maybe more yeah. since we, yeah. since this was when i took this research down but and you have offices in london and new york so you guys have grown since 2013 how many people are currently at lucky generals it's about 90 in London and about 20 in New York. So Fantastic. we're kind of old enough, big enough to sort of um, do pretty much anything 
you can throw at us, but we're also small enough to know each other's names, you know. And I'd hate, I feel like mm -hmm. we'd hate to get past that. We always joke about it in our last place. We, we, we had three people called Kim on our team, and you know that's that's mm -hmm. sort of felt like it was too many. We need to yeah. know everyone's names. <laughs> yeah, three Kims. That makes sense. That's too many. Yeah. Um, I know you. So I know you've all from your Super Bowl work with Amazon and the Alexa ads ranging. When was the first one? That was with Gordon Ramsay and Jeff Bezos himself and Cardi B, Anthony Hopkins. Was that, what was that the first yeah. one? And what year was that? Yeah. So I think that was 2018. Would that mm -hmm. be right? Yeah. That that makes sense. Okay. And it's sort of a pretty crazy thing because you know we're at that stage we didn't have an office in New York, so we were. You know, it's a bunch of people in London who know nothing about American football, as we would call it. Luckily, it turns out you don't need to know very much about that for the Super Bowl because everyone just wants to be entertained. So right. it's, it was sort of a lovely thing. We got that. We we had to pitch. You know, we pitched for most projects with Amazon. We've been working with them almost since the beginning. So, you know, we started up in 2013. We got our first Amazon project 2014. And, and just have got bigger and bigger. It's a good example of, you know, just getting, growing the relationship rather than going after lots of new clients. And so like in that. 2018, we, we got the Super Bowl brief and we said, yeah, why can't, why not? Why not? If this is just about doing something really cool and fun. And of course, Alexa, the product had just been introduced not that long before. Mm -hmm. And, but people forget because now it's, I guess even now it's so part of society and it's a it's literally a household name but when we were launching it it was up against some other really good you know google apple mm -hmm. microsoft yeah. everybody had voice technology and but what we figured was that there was a there was something about alexa that was different which and part of it was because she has a human name there was maybe mm -hmm. more of an opportunity to do something a bit more human and a bit more fun and softer you know not making it a a, a tech a horrible big tech brand and all the yeah. thing with all these big tech companies although we we sort of marvel at how efficient they are and how you know we, we want them to work and be reliable and all the rest of it we we don't like our brands to be so perfect that you know if, if you go around boasting saying we're the biggest company in the world our technology is the best in the world people are going to be pretty sick of you so so to show a big tech company having a sense of humor about itself and and even imagining the product not working it was mm -hmm. kind of a pretty ballsy thing to do to spend yeah, give some, let's give some context there. give some context yeah. with that first commercial uh it was so funny like uh, the, it started off with they're in hq i'm assuming and yeah the uh, a supervisor goes up to jeff bezos and is like hey like amazon uh, alexa has lost her voice we need a replacement right yeah, yeah, that's right. And then kind of Jeff's kind of uh, saying, oh, how's that possible? You know, what are you going to do? Have you got a plan? And mm -hmm. one of the assistants says, yeah, of course I've got a plan, but we can tell that she's absolutely mm -hmm. terrified and doesn't really have a plan at all. And then we sort of quick cut through a whole bunch of celebrities who are being given these kind of headsets. And devices. it kind of looks like what you're wearing right now. I don't know if this will be. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm reliving the moment. And yeah, so they all have, you know, whether it's Cardi B or Anthony Hopkins or Gordon Ramsay, people like that, mm -hmm. they're all trying out and, you know, making a right mess of 
you know, terrible customer service and terrible. And they're doing it live. Somebody's asking for some advice and they're taking over live. It was, it was a good one. Exactly. And so, and, you know, and eventually we all, you know, it resolves by sort of saying, you know, you know, you know, Alexa regains her voice and, and actually we work out that nobody does it better than her. But what, what was neat about that as well was that we did actually work with the engineers at Amazon who were amazing and made sure that we had a little Easter egg in the product itself. So for the week before the Super Bowl, if you asked who's going to win the Super Bowl, um, then Alexa would give a little cough and, um, you know, not be able to answer the question properly. So, and, you know, once people sort of heard about that a little bit before oh, the hinting match, out she's losing you know, her was, voice. Yeah. yeah. So everyone would be trying it and recording themselves doing it and posting yeah. on social media and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was great. That that was the first British agency to win the public vote for the best Super Bowl ad. So that was really what got started. And what and what was it? Ad meter. Yeah, the ad, ad meter. Nice. Congrats. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. That and then after that, and I and I bring this up, and you've done some amazing ones recently. You did the mind reader one with Scarlett Johansson and Colin Jost. The I think yes. is that a real that's a real husband in real life. Yes, that's right. Yeah. It's a, yeah. it's a couple. So uh, the, the idea or the theme is always the same. So like I say, people want to be entertained mm-hmm. on this day in uh, American sport. And, and we want to show a bit of humility, I guess, like, because we don't want to be this big overbearing tech company. So let's, let's make fun of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so whether that's, like I say, showing the product not working or a couple of other ads we've done one, one, we had us imagining what would happen if we put Alexa in everything. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and then and then it's in in toothbrushes again with four you know famous you know celebrities, but it's in the dog you know Harrison Ford's dog collar and and all the rest. And of the it. dog orders the dog orders uh dog a bunch of dog food gravy sausages. That, I thought that was right. I remember talking about that in college class. I was like that one was hilarious. That, that's fun. That's good. Yeah, well, that yeah. no, that's that's thank you because, and again, it's just a nice idea because it's in you know people do worry about these voice devices are getting everywhere isn't it you know getting a bit much so to be able to have a bit of a laugh at ourselves and say yeah maybe there are some things that just don't make any sense and you know then we had um, michael b jordan of last course. year yeah. um looking uh, beautiful and somebody imagining you know alexa as you know him being the, the new alexa and lots of mishaps sort of happening because of that and then and then this time scarlet and Colin sort of imagining what would happen if Alexa could read your mind. So we're always imagining sort of silly scenarios where eventually at the end we say, no, thank goodness Alexa is really just the way that she is. I love it. I love it. And then those are all great. And so you, you mentioned earlier, like that's an example of working with the same client over years, you know, building a healthy, mutually beneficial relationship creates great work rather than, you know, scouting new business at all. If you're looking for so much new business and you're looking to grow, then you're going to be neglecting your current clientele. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, and they can, they can tell that and it's, you know, it's not fair on them if they're sort of paying your bills while you go chasing after other, other brands. So we, yeah, we prefer to also you get better work out because you trust each other, you know, we had been working before that Super Bowl ad. I guess we'd worked f- with Amazon for, yeah, four years. And so when you come to a moment like in that first commercial, there's a little bit where, where we have absolute silence for quite a long period of time. And if you remember how you know, 
how how much a, a spot at the Super Bowl costs. You know, thirty seconds might be five million dollars, and we spent a lot of that five million dollars um, seeing absolutely nothing because Alexa, I think it was Cardi B, couldn't get the country music on. So there's a there's a huge big oh, gap. Yeah, yeah. Nothing. Um, and that's pretty scary, you know, because a lot of clients might say, hey, I'm spending five million bucks on this um, spot, you know, and actually we spent 15 million on that because it was a 90 second spot. So it's a lot of money to spend wow. showing your product kind of not working and then to have a silence in the middle of it. But they were brilliant um, partners and they realized that, no, that's what it takes to sort of stand out and make people laugh. Yep. It says a lot about the client if they're willing to accept yeah. and buy and produce and and run an idea. That's brave. That's a little bit yeah. scary, but creative. Yeah. So yeah. kudos to them. I'm sure it's been fantastic working with them. And we could do a yeah. whole podcast on that. But I would like That's to move right. on to other clients that you have at Lucky Generals. Over the years, you've grown to, you said, around 100, 130 people. But what other clients besides Amazon do you have that you've really enjoyed? So working? we've got we've got people like Virgin Atlantic. We've just won, which is a great brand, obviously on both sides of the Atlantic, Richard Branson's kind of uh, flagship, you know, very innovative mm -hmm. uh, airline. We work with some really British brands that are, I'll probably have to explain a little bit. There's Yorkshire tea is mm -hmm. the best selling tea in Britain. And obviously everyone loves tea over here. But was it always the best selling tea? No, that's kind of the interesting thing. It's, as the name suggests, it's from it's from Yorkshire, so it's like a regional brand. Mm -hmm. And f until very recently, it was the number three brand, and we've taken it to number one. So it's been really quite. That's right. I, uh, I remember that in the book. Fun. Yeah, thank you. And the the idea there is that people sort of um, in people think that Yorkshire is one of these places. It's very blue collar, down to earth. People do things properly. They've got no airs or graces. So the idea is that where everything's done proper, mm -hmm. you know, so they make a proper cup of tea. You know, people are really fussy about that in in Britain. But then we just exaggerate it to ridiculous degrees. So everything from, you know, the way that the the hold music works to the, you know, the way that they do, they do interviews, everything is exaggerated. To, to make it feel like it's done properly. So that, that's been a real sort of, you know, huge success story in, in a market that hasn't changed much before then. The same two players had been number one and two for like decades. So, so that was fun. And then we work with lots of others. There's a, there's a, there's a brand called Coop, which is amazing. It's like the biggest sort of, or one of the biggest super stores, like, you know, grocery retailers, supermarkets. Mm. But it's also, get this, it's also the biggest funeral provider in the UK. And it's got an insurance business, and it's got a pharmacy business, and they run their own schools as well. It's, right. it's basically the world's first cooperative business in the world. So, right. so you know, the so profits that they that? make go back into the community. Yeah, well, that's really, it's hard because you're like, how do you do from food to funerals? It's uh, mm -hmm. tricky, but we what, what we got around to was just focusing on how ethical they are. You know, they're you know, they were set up by a, a poor community in the north of England to, to you know, feed and look after their members and to make sure that they, you know, someone could bury them, frankly. And and now they still do all of those, you know, great things and they put the money back into the community. And of course now, although they're very old, that's that's a really cool thing, right? In society now, we're sort of maybe realizing that we need to, you know, share and look after each other a, a little bit more. And so 
it was sort of presenting that philosophy in a modern modern way because in in this country we're used to they're, they're 175 years old so we're we sort of think of them as a bit of an old-fashioned organization mm -hmm. but i was sort of saying well imagine if they were from sweden and they were called the coop and they were an app on your phone and you said wow i've got this amazing brand that do food and funerals and whenever you spend money the money goes back into the community you know if i said they were from silicon valley as well you'd mm -hmm. think right wow, that's incredible but it's you know they're because they're almost 200 years old and they're from rochdale in the middle of nowhere we we sort of forget what a cool modern business idea that is so it was all about modernizing that core thought and saying you know it's not about csr it's not about you know purpose washing it's it's just what we do and what we've always done and that is the the line is it's what we do which has been a really sort of big campaign like over here for the last few it's years it's been what they've done it for so long so yeah we just do it no biggie i love it and you've learned a lot of lessons you know through lucky generals and you've been in the industry how long 30 plus years yeah almost almost 30 years yeah 30 don't, years? don't make me any older than i already am that's the... no it's knowledge it's wisdom <laughs> people would my age would die for that you know we want we need that we need that wisdom so that's why we have you on the podcast you can give us some of the oh, that well, wisdom well recovered without... well recovered amazing yes <laughs> yes 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 but great and you have so, so much experience through lucky generals and some agencies before but all this kind of culminates to this book that you recently wrote right it's called go luck yourself yeah. and when did you write it when did it come out so I wrote it during the pandemic, um, and then it Good came time out to write. afterwards. Yeah, do you know what? I sort of figured, you know, I, I would never have got around to it otherwise, but I kind of, I suppose, was spending a bit of time at home. And also, I just started thinking how about luck a lot. It's a kind of funny thing, isn't it? Like, we never really talk about luck. It's a real taboo in the West. But I found myself thinking about it a lot because, of course, mostly I was thinking how unlucky this whole blooming pandemic was right uh, but then i started thinking about you know a lot of the other big stories of the last couple of years like you know black lives matter or me too or you know made me think you know i am an old white straight able-bodied bloke made me think you know god no i am actually really lucky my career's been lucky mm -hmm. and I, it'd be nice to do something that brought a bit of luck to others so so all the money from the book all the royalties go to working class kids to help them sort of get a lucky break and the book is about luck so it's a kind of a lucky book that brings uh luck to to other people hopefully right 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 and it's set up in a way the format is you talk about industry conventions you frame those what's standard what do we what's old school thought or what might be the thought that most people think and then you break that thought those conventions with what luck says and what what do you how do you define convention versus luck in your book because you give a bunch of examples, but overall, what's the what's the difference between the two? Yeah, I think just the convention is. I mean, one big convention is we we figure that hard work and talent are the only things that they're important, and of course they're, they're hugely important, and especially for some of your listeners who are starting out, you know, in their careers. But but you also need some luck as well. Luck and plays a really sort of strong role. You know, it gives you your first lucky break, and you'll have luck throughout your career. And and what I found is being mindful of it. If you really think about your luck and appreciate it, then you're much more likely to be successful. And if you just sort of um, attribute all your success down to your own unique brilliance and unique sort of hard work, then you're kind of kidding yourself a little bit, and also making yeah. yourself vulnerable to 
you know messing up because yeah a nice thing about luck is if you appreciate you have been a bit lucky you mm -hmm. you're you keeps you on your toes and keeps you sort of wanting to you know, not be complacent yeah reminds me of uh outliers yeah yeah um, yeah glad well yeah there's some crossover absolutely so where does there's a lot of, we can go here but what are some other conventions that I, I was actually curious when I, I was re researching for this. What's maybe one convention that you might have gotten some backlash or, you know, some people might have commented on that might have upset some people in this book when you're when you're writing it? What was that like a convention that you said is kind of old school or we need to rethink? Caught people. Oh, there's probably lots. I mean, one is one is. There's a convention that history is boring and, you know, we should, you know, especially at this moment in time, you know, it's all about looking forward into the future. You know, brands should never look back. It's going to make them feel old fashioned and boring. But actually finding out, like I just did there with the co-op, mm -hmm. finding out what the roots of a company are is a really good way to figure out what you need to do to propel them forward into the future. So, you know, convention might say, don't look back. But I think luck would say appreciate what you got. And if you've got an amazing brand history or story, then you should realize how lucky that's like gold dust. And and a lot of companies just don't realize this amazing treasure trove of stories that they're sitting on that they could turn into something, you know, in future. And there's lots, there's lots of them, lots of, you know, to use the example of Yorkshire Tea that talked about a minute ago a lot of companies don't realize how lucky they are to come from an unusual place you know a lot of other companies might have thought well we don't want to make a big deal about yorkshire because we want to appeal to the whole country but actually it was great that they realized that yorkshire brings with it an attitude of doing things properly like i just dis discussed and that that is a lucky thing to have it's not a limiting thing to be mm -hmm. from a particular part in the world it gives you something to talk about i remember you mentioned the book if if you personify like a location or where a, a city where you're from you, you you say that strong brand narrative from where your where your roots are it makes you so much stronger and more appealing like everybody wants to know everybody loves talking about new york a city that never sleeps if you can make it there you can make it anywhere if it's new york new, new york strong like it makes sense you're embodying Definitely. a group of people and then people can respect that yeah that's right but sometimes it takes somebody from outside this is what i noticed in the book is a lot of companies don't realize the the treasure that's sitting right under their nose it's a bit like you know with human beings when we you know you probably don't think about your hometown very much because because that's where you grew up and it's just normal to you. And sometimes somebody comes from out of town and goes, says, wow, this is where you're from. This is amazing. You need to tell people about it. And you go, really? And sometimes that's what agencies need to do. You know, a lot of the time, we're not really inventing crazy new stuff. We're just pointing out the really obvious stuff under the client's nose saying, you've got yeah. an amazing name or you've got, an ama you've got amazing people that you've done nothing with. Or, wow, can't believe you've not talked about this product feature before. Right. And it's all just sitting there waiting for someone to draw attention to it this is perfect again another correlation that can, we can connect to the job search process people if you're yeah. looking you know if you're talking about who you are say where you're from and look under your nose as you say in the book like yeah. what other parallels are there when you're looking for your own job if, if we're in a job interview like yeah that well that that's good yeah we, we're, we're all sort of sometimes we we need a friend to um, tell us what our strengths are, you know, before our interview, don't we? Because we we don't maybe like to talk about ourselves or our, right. you know, 
our strengths. And another another couple of things are so there's a whole section in the book, for instance, about turning misfortune into good fortune. Like a lot of brands, you know, a lot of great brand strategies have taken something that feels like a a bad thing, like they've got no money or they've got no budget, uh, no timings, you know, or they've got a product weakness, and they they sort of turn them into something positive. But I think the same applies to to people as well if you if you're going for a job and you maybe you know your first job in advertising maybe you don't have the best degree or the best college course or whatever or you don't have the best job experience just think about what you've got that you might think is a negative but think well how does that make it how can I turn that into positive maybe you maybe you had to take out time to do something else and that might look bad in your on your resume, but no, actually, what did I learn in that time off that I could? How could I turn that into a positive? I love this. It's like uh, I was just talking with a student worker from University of Illinois who helps me with the podcast. His name's Juan, so shout out Juan. But he's a chemistry major. Great, isn't yeah. that awesome? That's, I was saying, fantastic. I said that is a the, that's the best thing that you could have said because that that is just so interesting whatever your experience in chemistry i'm sure you can figure out a story of how you connected to advertising ah, i'm sure definitely. you can turn that into something interesting that will catch a recruiter's attention or somebody like yourself that's that's for sure i i can sort of imagine you turning that into you know because i did chemistry i'm you know i've got a really good handle on data i've got a very in you know i'm very interested in experimentation uh, and in understanding things work i've you know got a really um, scientific method scientific meth method i can mm -hmm. handle data and i did law at university which is obviously nothing to do with what i ended up doing and I, I definitely remember i can remember thinking you know i'd be up against lots of kids who maybe had marketing or advertising degrees and yeah and i thought that you know but i, I can turn law into something interesting mm -hmm. because uh, and this might be slightly contrived, but it seemed to work. I sort of said it's the same sort of thing, really. We're trying to find the facts, you know, for a client and put their best story forwards, assembling the best story that you can that you can with the you know the the materials available to you. And that's just what I'm doing as an an advertising, really. It's the yeah. same as an attorney does, putting a, a good case forward for someone. I love it. Yeah, figuring out your narrative. You talked on before we start recording you know finding your strengths yes yeah i just i think that figuring out all those good things figuring out your strengths figure out your weaknesses and yeah just sort of trying to get trying to you know have a good self-awareness of yourself also i think looking out for you know sort of opportunities that are you know, recognizing opportunities when they come your way. I think one of the one of the problems that we have as human beings is sometimes we are so busy with our lives and our day jobs that when sort of opportunity comes knocking, we we're sort of not there. We don't we don't recognize the opportunity for what it is because we're so you know obsessed about doing the one thing. So we might we might have it in our mind that we're going to apply to one sort of a job, and and so when another opportunity comes our way, we ignore it because it's not really what we had in mind. But yeah. Maybe if we pause to think about it, then, 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 then actually we would uh, recognize it as being a more interesting opportunity. So just keeping that sort of open mind, I think, is a good thing as well. Yeah, you have to, and it, it's required for this industry—an open mind, because you're yeah. going to get clients of all types. You're not going to really get to pick who they are, you know. Yeah, and you got to figure it out. You got to be curious. 
Yeah. You have to research. Go to the, you know, if, if you get somebody that's got a factory, of, you know, they produce tea, you got to go there. And yeah. that's, that's and, the fun and part. Actually, and actually, a lot of the, I think a, a really important thing, especially at the beginning of your career, is to realize that you can make more of a difference on something that everyone else is bored by. So if someone gives you an opportunity on something, I, d- I don't know, some really boring financial services product or you know something that doesn't feel like it's going to be a lot of fun, mm-hmm. if, if you understand that and turn that into something interesting, that's more impressive to someone like me than if you go and work on Nike and you do something cool. Because I know that you can do something. Everyone, anyone can do, not to diminish the amazing work that they do on that brand, but right. um, it's it's... To have that open mind and realize that you can do great work on any single product is what is required really think to cut pick a brand even if you're doing spec work like yeah i don't want to see something that i already love like nike because you're already you're competing if you're doing spec work for nike on your book uh or your strategy portfolio whatever it may look like if you're doing work for nike you're competing against the amazing work of wyden kennedy the past exactly four years why don't you pick a brand that you don't know people don't really like and then you have the opportunity to make it better make you feel better agree. about a product i don't really i'm not the biggest fan of popeyes i will i will say it yeah <laughs> so make there, popeyes there you better. Go. that that's and then that becomes really impressive because i can see that you've taken something that didn't really seem to have very much potential and you've made me see it with fresh eyes which is which i think is a really good sort of yes yes anything else you know, messages from your book, those luck would say that you want to get out to our people or advice that you have? Yeah, well, if I had had one piece of advice, I would, if I had one piece of advice, I would quote the amazing Dolly Parton, I think. She has got this lovely phrase, uh, which is, work out who you are and do it on purpose. And I think that's a great lesson for anyone, especially at the start of their career in advertising. Work out who you are and do it on purpose. Yeah, and she's done it pretty damn well herself. You know, she came from nothing mm-hmm. um, and has worked her way up to be head of a, you know an enormous multi-million dollar business. Got her and own amusement park. She's got her own amusement park. She's you know obviously you know incredibly nominated. You know, singer, songwriter, actor. I think she even came up with one of the, or helped to fund one of the vaccines, didn't she, for COVID. And so this wow. idea that work out who you are and do it on purpose, I think is interesting because it, it's it's just then commit. It's like we said before, you work out what your strengths are, work out your, what your weaknesses are, and then just commit to being that person that's being true to yourself. Mm-hmm. And turn you know turn all those good things to your advantage, and she you, plays up. She uh, sorry she she plays up all those things. She she makes fun of her you know, her body and of her blonde hair and pretends to be stupid when she's anything but. Uh, no but way. She's sort of yeah. she's very cleverly sort of managing her own sort of reputation. I guess. I love it. It's great advice. I also saw something in today on social media. If you tell yourself, your brain, what is really important to you, you figure out what those things are, your brain will, there's actually research, your brain will, will filter and it will change chemically to filter what is, wow. what that is, whatever is important. It will, it'll let you know, it'll guide you to that. So yeah, figure out what's important to you 
and you it'll you know write it down and your brain will do the rest so where can people find your book and find you if they want to ask you questions about lucky generals your work we don't get a million listeners so you won't get you won't get bombarded but you know you'll get some curious people that are want some advice so cool well, you can find the book at all the usual places, Amazon. Uh, obviously, I'm honor bound to say that because it's a client, but also mm -hmm. you can get it at all the other usual places if you'd prefer. Um, Amazon, there you go. Yeah. And and then we're at luckygenerals.com. That's mm -hmm. our website. And I'm at my Twitter's Andy Nairn. So it's pretty easy. I like to keep things simple. And yeah, Perfect. we'd love to hear from anyone who has got any questions. Great. Then I will have your resources that you recommend uh, hidden and you know at our website at which is our website is www.breaking-entering.com and I'll link to all that in the bio. But Andy, this has been fantastic. Thanks, your insights, I, I really appreciated you walking us through your book, your agency, how you guys got started, and your commercials that you've made. So it's it's been great. So thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you very, very much for having me on. Really appreciate it. Of course. Have a good night. Cheers. Did you hear anything on this episode about a job you'd like to have someday soon in advertising, strategy, design? The kind of job where you use your brain and your creativity? If you did, chances are a portfolio can really help you get that job. That's where Chicago Portfolio School comes in. They have programs and classes that help you show off your thinking and get you the job you want. So visit them at chicagoportfolio.com. And if you drop my name, Gino, into the chat box, they'll send you more info and a cool Sharpie or just some more info. You can decide that. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this entire episode of the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. If you liked what you listened to today and you like the guests, please go ahead and connect with them. Easiest way to find their contact information and to see those resources that they recommended for you is to go to our Instagram at breaking and entering pod, all one word. And for some quick thank yous for making this show possible, the first one is the company Sure. It's a microphone company, S-H-U-R-E. They provided the microphone that you're listening to right now. It's the MV7. It's great for podcasting and other forms of content. So if you're interested in starting a podcast or you're looking for equipment, talk, talk with me. I really recommend the Sure MV7. Happy to give you details on that. And I would also like to thank my two guys, Mikey Malarkey, who's our audio engineer, does it every week. He's the let's kick it in the beginning. Thank you to Mikey. And, of course, thank you to Buchan Zhang, our creative director. Buchan is responsible for amazing visuals on our Instagram. So thank you, Buchan. And thank you all once more for listening. We will see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Breaking and Entering. We want to be transparent with our valued listeners, so we'd like to disclose that this episode was made possible through a paid collaboration. The funds from this collaboration were used to produce this episode and contribute to the growth and enhancement of our show. At Breaking and Entering, we are committed to delivering high-quality content that informs, entertains, and engages our audience. We carefully select our partners to ensure that any sponsored or paid content aligns with the values and interests of our listeners. Rest assured that while this episode is a result of a paid collaboration, our opinions and creative control over the content remain independent and, of course, authentic. 
We prioritize providing valuable insights and experiences to our audience regardless of any paid partnerships. And we greatly appreciate the support of our sponsors and partners as they play a vital role in helping us bring content to your ears. If you have any questions about our partnerships or this disclosure, please do not hesitate to reach out to us at Gino, G-E-N-O, at breakenterpod.com. Thank you.